The jury is out. Will we do this? And will we do it in time? That's the question. My opinion or judgment is that there is still time. You know, we can still choose what kind of legacy we want to leave. It's not too late to save whatever we want to save. We just have to want to save it. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. In our third conversation, David and I talk about environmental action, in particular his, based on his having acted. In my experience, having spoken to a lot of people who have both not acted on their values despite knowing them versus people who have acted on their values based on knowing them, it's a very different tone of conversation when people have acted on versus not. I find these conversations to be less defensive, less, what about you? What are you doing? Or what about these other people? They're not doing anything. And more thoughtful, more oriented to action and introspection. As he says, once you start, there are many reasons to continue but only one not to, which is basically lethargy. And if you value leadership, if the reason you're listening to the Leadership in the Environment podcast is that you value leadership, you probably want not lethargy. So let's listen to David. Glad to have you here. I hope you don't mind. I just started recording. No, no, go for it. We have limited time, so best to get right to it. Okay. And so there are two things that uh, when last we spoke, we had even more limited time. And yeah. we, <laughs> we had ended it with you saying, let's see, you had you'd taken on a personal challenge. And yep. you said, what I remember is something like, I'm thinking about going and now I remember full veg. And so that's one thing I want to talk about is, is if you're thinking about doing a next stage, if you, or if you started one already. And the other is, I don't know if, if we would put this on a recording, but I sent you an email with uh, the latest version. You probably haven't had time to read it, but the latest version of, of a talk. Yeah, I haven't, had a, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I did see that. So I will take a look. Okay, so let's leave that for later. And yep. uh, so you took on a challenge and it sounded like it went well. And it sounded to me like you took it on yourself. You want to do more. Yeah, uh, although full veg, given, I don't, as I recall, and you will have the recording to prove one way or the other, <laughs> I don't remember saying full veg. I do remember saying I wanted to kind of restrict the meeting even more. Yeah, I remember the words, but I don't remember you saying, I will commit to it. I just remember those words. So it was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, so it's, it's interesting, you know, because I have the, the whole family and everything. I don't think that I can go, I personally could go full veg, but I'm not sure that, you know, I could have family dinners that don't have some meat some of the time. So I Especially feel like... the holidays coming up. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So I, that's why I'm not ready to commit to like complete vegetarianism. But what has been working for me and what I'm mostly uh, stuck to, uh, except where our social circumstances dictate otherwise, is uh, a lot less 
meat. So I'm probably, instead of it being, what is it, meatless Monday, it's probably meat Monday for me and then the rest <laughs> of the week is, is veg. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and it's been a mix of good and bad. The good being like, I feel healthier and uh, presumably I'm getting better nutrition because uh, I'm eating a kind of wider variety of foods. Uh-huh. The downside being I've somehow managed to gain five pounds, <laughs> although that may not be related. That may be, you know, correlation, correlation, not causation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe uh, you would have gained more. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't think it's from the travel because that hasn't changed too much. I, it's either metabolism, a diet change, uh, stress in my life, eating more pasta. I don't know. It's, well, I'm it's really one of curious. those things. I'm trying to think of this from the listener's perspective. So you decided to take on a challenge and then you mm-hmm. separately decided to augment it. And I like to me, I like the sound of that because that's what I'm trying to do. I think that people once they start doing this and they realize if they pick something that they want to do, when they do it, I think they'll find other things that they want to do, but kept out off the horizon because they were too nervous about it. Yep. Should people get worried if they start doing this, they'll get caught up in it and maybe they'll do more that they wanted to, or is this something you like? Like what got you to do it and how come you want to do more? Well, uh, what got me to do it is that it seems like the right thing to do. You know, obviously um, as someone who covers environmental issues broadly, but in particular climate change, um, you know, doing my part to cut down on greenhouse gas emissions just seems like a no-brainer, you know, walk the walk and all that. That still begs the question of why you cared before that. I mean, okay, so... Oh, why did I get involved in, why did I care about climate change in the first place? Yeah. That's an interesting question. I mean, I'm not sure that I can... I don't know, you'd have to go all the way back into my childhood somewhere and probably something that I don't even remember that then kicked off my love of the environment, you know, like going to the park when I was very young or, or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm not sure I can answer that. Okay, so it goes uh, deep though. But I've always kind of cared about the environment in general and in particular about climate change. I've, I've really always thought that, you know, one of the best things you can do with a, your limited time here uh, on this very special planet is to try to uh, leave the world a little bit better than you found it. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard that uh, kind <laughs> of moral before. Universal, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's just something that's always appealed to me. And you can leave it a little bit better than you found it in a, in a wide variety of ways. But this is definitely one of them. And certainly, if you want to leave the world a little bit better than you found it, then you do certainly don't want to make it worse, right? By mm-hmm. By putting extra CO2 in the atmosphere or whatever it might be. So that's what motivated me. Okay. So yeah. So it it sounds like even if you can't identify it exactly, it sounds like it runs deep and long-term and something about an experience of nature. Yeah, I would say so. I can't, you know, point to a specific moment when I was like, yes, you know, we need to do uh, something different. But, you know, from a very young age, uh, you know, even though I grew up in kind of the suburbs of St. Louis, just had a lot of exposure to nature, loved being kind of out in the woods and in the prairie and uh, in the creek and, uh, you know, just cared, cared about, about those things uh, just as much as I cared about my family and, and people and, and everything else. You know, I want, I want a world where kind of everything thrives rather than we're faced with this kind of what I think of as a false dichotomy between like either people can thrive or 
the planet can thrive, but not both at the same time. I just, I kind of reject that. Yeah, man. Uh, you're just talking about being out in the prairie and things. I didn't grow up, I grew up in Philadelphia, no prairies, but there was, you know, streams where we could find salamanders and things like that. And yeah, and the birds, exactly. There'd be more, there's just not as many species of birds that, you know, we don't see bluebirds anymore. There's, and I don't even see uh, starlings anymore. It's all sparrows of just, and pigeons. <laughs> well, they do say that the, the world is uh, getting more homogenous. Yeah. Uh, you know, that the, that the species that do well with people uh, are doing really well because there are, you know, so many people doing so many things to the, the planet. That said, you know, people are also like doing... Some, rats. <laughs> yeah, well, people are doing some pretty amazing things to help save plants, animals, you name it. Yes, we need a, a slightly better ad campaign for the uncharismatic uh, microfauna. You know, people aren't you know, going out of their way to save, I don't know, worms and, and microbes and whatnot, uh, the same way we do for panda bears or, or, or polar bears or the charismatic megafauna. But, uh, you know, we're doing better. There has been a culture, this, you know, we talked about this before, there has been a cultural shift away from kind of killing wild animals for fun or fur or feathers or whatever it might have been and towards preserving them. You know, people spend a lot of their free time building ultralight airplanes so they can teach cranes how to migrate or, uh, you know what I mean? Like we do some amazing things to try to save our... Still, it's like the, that's a finger in the dike. It's, I mean, for one thing, this, the ones that are disappearing, I I just finished reading uh, The Sixth Extinction by Elizabeth mm-hmm. Colbert, and the numbers of things that are disappearing is great. And the culture shift hasn't yet reached Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, I think it had, and now the small coterie of folks who it hasn't reached are in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's, that's a problem, for sure. Yeah, I would love and to- you're right, the jury is out. Will, will we do this, and will we do it in time? That's the question. My opinion or judgment is that there is still time. You know, we can still choose what kind of uh, uh, legacy we want to leave. It's not too late to save whatever we want to save. We just have to want to save it. Yeah, and then want and act. Yep. So, so you're in a position of influence. So you must, it's not maybe exactly a dream job because you'd rather probably not have to do this job at all, but at least you're having some influence. Oh, it's definitely a dream job. I mean, this is part of the reason that I do this is, uh, you know, it's the the tagline here is ideas worth spreading. And uh, I would say this is one of them. And, uh, you know, there are many others. And, and again, it goes back to that uh, credo, if you will, leave the world a little bit better than you found it. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully in my job and in my personal life and, and in most respects, I, I can do that. Congratulations. And so that comes back to before. So, okay, you started this and now uh, the challenge with, with this podcast. And why did you take it on yourself to take the next step? Should people well, worry about that or should people look forward to that? I think they should look forward more? to it. I mean, it's not really, it's, you know, the honest truth is, I think we, oh man, it's like that other old saying, you, you suffer a lot more in your mind than you ever do in reality. It's actually easier than you think it is. Uh, you know, you can think about all the hurdles and impediments to making the change. And it's very easy to be like, oh, that's too hard. Um, but once you're, you're actually doing it, it turns out, you know, 
being a vegetarian might have been hard in the in the 1970s or or 80s or something, mm-hmm. um, but it's not too hard in 2017. And so, you know, the plant based option is usually there if you certainly in Manhattan want to take it. Yeah, certainly in Manhattan, but even in uh, even in the Midwest, uh, where I'm from, you know, that's another culture change that's that's happening. Now that one's even further. Uh, behind than the the shift from killing animals to preserving to saving them, but uh, but there uh, it is there it is there. So okay, so if it's so easy, how come you didn't do it before? It didn't occur to me, right? Uh, I'm not saying it's so easy. It, it you know I had all these excuses, right? Like oh, you know I travel a lot and it'll be hard to uh, you know find the vegetarian option. I just had all these kind of mental blocks, and that's what I had to overcome. Not the you know. Once you kind of commit to doing it or commit to at least trying it, um, that's when you discover that it's easier than you thought it was. You kind I'm of really built up these. This. Well, you know, you, you built up these hurdles in your mind, right? Like, oh, you know, I, I just can't, I can't do that. What are you talking about? But the reality is once you start trying to do it, it's easier than you think it is. And even if you fail uh, some of the time, like, uh, you know, I don't know, you're at a, diner in uh in st louis and and there is no vegetarian option that's okay right you've still cut back significantly on your on your environmental footprint yeah i think that's a big thing because a lot of people i think they try maybe they do it on their own they try and i'll put this in quotes they fail and then rather than i think a standard option for a lot of people is oh man that sucked i didn't do it well i don't want people to know about this and so they distance themselves from it and right and I think a lot of people who succeed fail along the way several times. And yeah. maybe they don't like shout it out from the rooftops, but they don't necessarily let the guilt overcome them. And they say, you know, all right, you know, that's how you learn. You know, when I first learned to walk, yeah. I fell down a bunch of times too. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, it's, you know, I think we, one of the hurdles that we have is that uh, either it's going to be perfect or it's not going to be at all. It's like it's 100% or it's 0%. When the reality is, if you can be, 50% or better, that's a huge improvement over, over zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the way you should think about it, right? Like if you're eating meat two less times a week and then three less times a week and then, you know, five times less a week, each of those is an, is an improvement and each is important. And I want to add, and I'd love to hear your take on it, not just improvement in, in the sense of if you want to leave the world a better place and you found it, but also if you care about it, like in my case, it gets more delicious. Like you, at first you're giving something up, but then you start, it's what do you refill it with? And that Mm -hmm. is with things that you do value. You're replacing things you don't value with things that you do value and you keep making your life better and better. Yeah. It's kind of a throwaway, you know, it's kind of, you were making the default choice and now you're making an intentional choice. Um, And the default choice is usually not that delicious uh, whereas if you're making an intentional choice, you can find the dishes that you that you think are great. You know whether that's burritos or or pasta or, or whatever it may be. I go for my famous vegetable stew myself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com/podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. 
Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So, okay, so now why is it that you're the set of plant and animal and fungus foods is greater than the set of plant and fungus only? So why did you say you have more variety? Well, I think, you know, you're right, just strictly in a numerical sense. But when you're eating, uh, you know, the animal stuff, it tends to crowd out uh, the different vegetables that you could be eating, at least in my experience. Uh, so if you're, if you're eating turkey, you're probably not eating portobello mushroom, right, at the, at the same time. So the variety of different things that I eat, and, you know, it might be portobello mushroom one day and then some kind of pasta dish the next and, you know, so on and so forth is, has changed rather than kind of turkey sandwich, ham sandwich, cheese sandwich, turkey sandwich. You know what I mean? That's, uh, at least that's my, my experience. Uh, so, you, you know, you go from vegetable stew uh, to salad to portobello mushroom burger to uh, pizza to whatever. You know, I'll also add, I'm listening to you talking and I mean, I've been vegetarian for so long, I don't really remember the transition anymore. I know that when I first stopped eating meat, I had a lot of dairy and eggs, but then they started looking mm. more and more like meat, so I cut them out, and, I, and the variety started going up. It really now you're up, vegan. It, it really picked up lately when, not quite vegan, because I, I have cheese every now and then. Mm-hmm. And The variety? You, the variety you found certainly this. increased lately. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that also, you get on a different track in life. It's, I mean... One of the big things I talk about when I talk about this to to groups and maybe one day to your group, that it's, you know, we're in a system and the system was built on beliefs and, and, and you know, a system has goals. A system has beliefs that that underlie it. And if you don't change those, you can change a lot of technology, for example, but that's an element within the system. And the system will, if, if it's all about growth, if it's all about entitlement, then it'll stay, it'll get back on that, it'll stay on that track and we'll just overshoot a little bit later with, you know, we'll, we'll have solar, but then we'll keep growing and growing and growing until it becomes uncomfortable again. All right, so bring it back to just here and now is that when you eat whatever is the mainstream stuff that you eat, you just get the mainstream stuff and you go in the store and you go to the aisles that have the advertising and so forth. And you just get whatever's there. And for me, that meant most of my life was Doritos and, you know, <laughs> the usual stuff, the stuff that was advertised. Mm-hmm. And then when you have to put in a bit of effort, you start it starts becoming your values that you start acting on, not just the ones that are handed to you. And like you said, it becomes more about intent. And yeah. I think that, you know, that's one of the things I'm trying to drive in this podcast is to have people who are influential show that when they, I think the more influential people share that they're changing and getting on a new track, the more people can feel comfortable following that because we tend to follow influential people, which is why mm. I have, I have some scientists and some educators on here, and I want to have more, but I think what's going to help the most is the people who are the most influential. So in our society, you know, certainly like people on TED Talks and you know, people in media and actors and singers and things <laughs> like that. Right. I mean, there's not that, if you want to influence people, you got to get influential people. And if you want the more, and people who do what you do and say, you know, I gave it a shot. I did the best I could. Sometimes it didn't work, but you know, the next time I did a little bit better. And now I want to do more. I would mm-hmm. love to have that coming from like Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's be honest. As we've discussed, you know, if, you, if somebody who has a private jet and 
you know, seven houses and, and whatever else uh, decides to reduce their their carbon footprint. That has a, a much larger impact than, say, a million people living on less than $2 a day um, in terms of their environmental impact. That's just, that's just the reality that the 1%, if you will, are responsible for the outsized share of the of the environmental damage out there. And that's the 1%, uh, not just of, of people, but, but corporations as well. Right. Uh, so there are also uh, people that from, that's from the perspective on the effect of the environment. They're also setting the tone of what are our values, right? Conspicuous consumption and all that. Yes. Yeah. And if they, I would love for, you know, Larry and Sergey to say, we got rid of the 737. And we're spending more time with our families or whatever, you know, whatever is yeah. their equivalent of my delicious. Uh-huh. Sure. And yeah. that way, all the people who have a mere billion dollars, so <laughs> you know, poverty compared to them, can feel like my, now I can aspire to a new standard of enough. Right. Jeff Bezos. Yes. Is that... Was is he doing that or no 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 I didn't know I I'm just thinking oh, he's the, he isn't just, he the world's he, richest man yeah or something just, yeah. yeah yeah I remember reading that thinking it was like he the article said he leapfrogged Bill Gates but I think Bill Gates has given away a lot of money and I'm not sure if Bezos has yeah I think that may be right that may be right and I yeah I wonder if it if it's possible to get the most influential people to start saying we are entering a new age and we yeah. are either we usher in a new age in which case. Or, or we don't. If we don't, then I don't know. Nothing's going to matter. <laughs> or we do. If we do, you know, what I'm trying to do in this podcast, I want to get people on who will make this change and, and the really influential ones. So if Elon is on and he starts mm-hmm. saying, I'm not going to do, you know, I'm finding joy in simple things, mm-hmm. you know, cooking my own vegetables and biking to work. And then that could be if we make it, then the people who are the most influential today who make that change will be the ones who are the Mandela's and Thomas Jefferson's of, not fathers and mothers of nation, but the uh, fathers and mothers of, of the new way we look at things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll right. pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the, the question of the 21st century, isn't it? Will we pull it off? You know, either we're going to remake civilization again in a more sustainable fashion or or not and that's the that's the the big question facing us and we all have our part to play yeah so i got big there and now you just segue back into parts to play do you want to make a smart goal of the next thing you do Uh, well i think you know i'm just going to continue with the diet thing you know i like it so i'm just going to keep doing that uh, and so that's easy for me on um, the, it's the other, you know, I'm, I live in New York city, so I have the luxury of using public transport and, and therefore don't have a huge, uh, transportation, uh, carbon footprint mm-hmm. or day-to-day transportation yeah, carbon footprint, I should say. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, my job, you know, for all that influence, you know, one of the job requirements is travel. And I, I don't, that is one that I can't quite figure out how to do differently. That but I do think about it. I do think about it quite a bit. And we do do a lot of uh, video conferencing. Um, so we do less travel than we might otherwise. But there is, you know, they want you physically present for a conference or whatever else. Um, that There is still something about that, you know, in-person thing that uh, 
that seems important. So I, you know, it's, it's tough for me. I because it's job related, it's tough for me to make some kind of travel related uh, goal. And that would be, you know, the biggest part of my, of, yeah, I guess the biggest impact I continue to have. It's a really huge one for a it lot is. of people. And we have a system that where everyone's dispersed and so they have to fly and then they fly because they can fly, they disperse more. Yeah. We need to change the system even more than the individual behavior, but that's true across the board. You need to change at kind of the granular level, the individual level, and as well as the systemic level, if you will. And that's why, you know, I always joke that uh, uh, the biggest thing you can do for the environment today is vote. Uh, you know, if a few thousand more people had voted in places like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, you might have a different government in the United States that might have a different stance on, uh, on a lot of these issues that we're talking about. And, uh, and that's a big way to change the world. Yeah, the uh, so I'm pretty committed to doing more on that front uh, as well. So there's a couple of minutes left. So if you keep thinking about that, I, I hope that you come up with something. I'd love for you to come back. I, I'd like to leave the door open that if you come up with something either specifically on travel or more generally, if you have, if you notice something about how your, the, the eating habits evolve into something else, I would love to have mm. you back to, to share more. An update. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And who knows, maybe some uh, TED speaker will, uh, will, enlighten me with a big idea of what I can change, right? What I, what I can change next or what I'm overlooking, which I'm sure is a lot. <laughs> so let's leave it there. And I look forward to hearing back from you. And then any last message for listeners? Uh, it's not hopeless. You know, uh, I feel like right now I meet a lot of people who feel like, well, there's no point. We're not going to do anything about climate change. We're, we're, we're all doomed. Um, and, uh, I guess the, the biggest thing that I would say is that we're only doomed if we, if we say we are, we can still do a lot uh, to make the world a better place. That's what's motivating me this whole time. And that plus the feeling of I can do something about it myself. Thank yep. you for, for that message and for doing what you're doing. Thanks for the podcast. I look forward to hearing it. You got you to gotta clean me up and uh, make me sound smart, even yeah. though I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal, um, to make the guests look good. That's well, I appreciate that. Cool. Well, uh, I got to run because I have this other meeting, but uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And I, I will get back to you about uh, the pitch that you sent. Great. Talk to you then. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. My biggest takeaway from this was how he talked about it's an intentional choice, and intentional choices improve your life. He got many benefits. He got, for example, more food variety despite having less choice of food. This happens all the time that people get results that are opposite their expectations. They think it's going to be a challenge and it's easy. They think it's going to make it difficult to work with people and it ends up building relationships. In his case, he had more variety of food. He also got all the way to talking about reducing his flying. Now, suspend for a moment if you don't want to stop traveling. Think of the magnitude of the sorts of things he was thinking of and think of the things that are that you would like to change in your life that are outside your horizon of what you think you can do. That's probably what it's like for him. But when you take these actions, it brings things within your horizon. Acting on your values enables you to act more on your values. So I hope you'll keep that in mind as you think of what challenges you want to commit to. And I hope you'll go to joshuaspodart.com slash podcast and click on commit to a personal challenge. And finally, I hope you noticed 
the direction that is coming from these conversations with him in particular about influencing influencers and what, how this podcast is working. So you'll see changes that come from this conversation in future conversations with other guests. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.